So they just never officially said they couldn't do it. They just no. It was kind of like there was uh, radio silence there, and huh. uh, yeah, that's interesting. Um, I I think I learned a you know a very long time ago a quick no is is definitely worth a lot more than a just ghosting somebody or disappearing. <laughs> Welcome to the Before You Buy or Sell a Business podcast, where we help buyers and sellers learn more about the acquisition process, discuss recent transactions, and stay up to date on the latest news in the market. Here's your host, Jared Johnson. All right, so really excited today. I've got Eric and Joy Rose um, bought a restaurant here in Salt Lake City. So how are you doing today? We're doing well. Yeah, doing yeah. very well. Awesome. Okay, cool. Well, you were one of a one of the deals that we we're able to complete recently, and I'm I'm happy to talk about the journey of it. Um, let me kind of start with uh, your your background. So uh, maybe we'll start with you, Eric. Uh, maybe give us some background. Where did you grow up? Education, all that fun stuff. Well, we're here in Salt Lake City, so this is my hometown. I grew up on the the west side, and um, I don't think I knew anything about running a, a business, and uh, certainly didn't have any models in my life. Uh, my teacher, my uh, parents were both teachers, and okay. wanted me to be a teacher. And the one thing I knew is that I did not want to be a teacher. <laughs> That's how it goes sometimes. So uh, Joy and I met at university, and um, we uh, both had a uh, a love for eating and uh, good food as well as uh, adventure and uh, wanted to live and raise a family overseas. So that kind of connected us into uh, my later career with the federal government, working with the State Department and doing a lot of a lot of traveling. But uh, we uh, after we graduated, we we went back to uh, her hometown in Cincinnati and uh, spent time with her her parents, and that's where I, um, even though I, my background in university was international relations and and Russian language, um, I developed a real love for uh, computers and networking. And uh, after we got to Cincinnati, uh, got a position with uh, a small contracting company with uh, Time Warner Cable, just as the uh, uh, high speed internet was just taking off right around uh, 2000. So I just fell in love with that and uh, became a, a project manager and was managing all sorts of computer technicians that were running out and installing uh, networking cards in people's computers and, and uh, getting off t with uh, uh, high-speed internet in, in the home off, uh, off of dial-up, which was just uh, huge. So I think that whet my appetite for owning a business. I kind of saw how much f for me it was fun managing working with people having the the opportunity to improve things i really i really enjoyed that and i think that's one of the things that appealed to me most about um imagining owning my own business and um uh, after we'd been there a few years i did try to start up a a, com a small computer services company repair company on the side um and that was fun. It was a big education. I realized I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> we didn't really make much money, but it was fun. And the the, the people I was working with uh, that were kind of uh, partners in the business, quasi-business, I don't even know how totally legal we were because we had no <laughs> idea what we were doing. We had a business name. and <laughs> You're learning the hard way. Yeah, we did. And... and uh, but uh, that ultimately didn't work out. There wasn't much to uh, dissolve, so 
it kind of was a an, a soft landing, um, and that uh, was right on the um, the heels of um, kind of a, a market crash uh, that was happening around that time, and lost my job, and and uh, somehow we made it into. Um, the federal government uh, just uh, about a year and a half later, which is in and of itself just uh, quite a story. <laughs> but uh, uh, that was one of our dreams was to, to work and live overseas, uh, at least a big chunk of the time. So uh, we've uh, been bouncing around the last uh, nearly 20 years in the wow. in the federal government and uh, mostly over overseas and Eight, eight different countries was it, Joey? Nine. Nine. Wow. Okay, but you lost track. <laughs> we, we did, and it, but but it was fun, and that's where um, our children grew up. And most of them have forgiven us, <laughs> and uh, uh, it was huge education for them. And we went to some third world countries as well as first world, and we just really enjoyed ourselves. And that I think. Um, further increased my desire eventually once uh, that career was was over and I didn't quite know when the the minimum trajectory for a federal employee is 20 years to get that minimum mm-hmm. retirement and a lot of people enjoy it so much they they do a lot more but we really didn't know um, but we were just uh, getting to the point these last few years with uh, children leaving home and parents getting older and um, trying to think of what what's next. So um, that was on our minds these last few years as we were making some difficult decisions just as far as uh, family goes and uh, a, a last youngest daughter that was needing to really have a good school experience and wasn't quite having one at the time. So um, I really started looking seriously and um, uh, Joy was really supportive at at that, and uh, and we we were open to just about any any business. The only thing um, the stipulation Joy put on me is that she wanted to enjoy it, as she didn't just want a boring business. <laughs> I would have been happy with boring as long as it made money. But uh, uh, as we were looking around. Uh, I think it's uh, Biz Buy Sell as a mm-hmm. website, which is really entertaining in and of itself, as as well as fun. Dreaming of all the different types of businesses that are out there, we uh, I ran across the uh, this sushi restaurant, and uh, Joy and I have just always, uh, ever since university when we were introduced to it, loved sushi, and we started talking about that concept. Um, it's funny we've uh, over the last 20 years we've been to some really great food cities had some great experiences and uh, we'd comment to each other or actually she would usually bring it up and say you know Eric they don't Salt Lake City does not have this or <laughs> doesn't do this well or this is a, this would be really fun this would be really good so I think that idea of a restaurant was always had been in the back of our minds for for years, and so uh, for me, my my mind lit up when when that happened. Uh, we we had looked into a, a, a classic burger joint that had um, classic car shows every month, and that really seemed interesting too. But I'm I'm I think I'm really 
grateful that we did, <laughs> didn't yeah. get into the hamburger industry. <laughs> yeah, it's a tough, tough world. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's pretty interesting. I mean, I think when you and I first started talking, I, I believe you were in China, and I think we had to kind of exchange emails and figure out a time and to talk to each other on the phone one day, and it was it was kind of difficult. But um, so, Joy, it sounds like you grew up in Cincinnati. Yes. Um, what was your kind of family life like? Uh, you know, going through going to school. Um, after school, did you um, do anything besides chase him around? Uh, <laughs> it was the <Yeah>. opposite. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I yeah grew up in Cincinnati. My father had been with Procter and Gamble his whole life, you know, and um, so that's where uh, he landed. I wanted some adventure because I was the youngest and had just been in the same home, growing up the same. Um, my whole life. So um, went out west to go to school. Um, I met Eric. I My background is humanities and English secondary education as far okay. as that degree goes. But as I followed him around, I've uh, dabbled in lots of other things and would work for the State Department as well as needed, um, depending on our location. Um, and then eventually I ended up getting my uh, acupuncture license in the UK. So I'm I'm a licensed acupuncturist there, and I'm going to be working on, after we settle down with this, work on um, just being uh, licensed here in cool. the state of Utah. So yeah, so that'll be the next adventure. So yeah. that's my background. So how, how many languages can you speak? <laughs> um, Define your definition of speaker. How guess, well get by, <laughs> get by with? <laughs> yeah. Yes, um, it seemed like we traded off in countries. So um, Eric's Russian and Spanish. I studied a little bit of Hebrew at the Foreign Service Institute wow. um, when we were heading for Jerusalem. But I guess neither of us mentioned that right after we got married, we decided to join the military, the Army National Guard, and so oh, okay. we spent a year in in Monterey, California. Yeah, at the okay. Defense Language Institute. And okay. That's where I studied Czech, which is my grandmother's. Um, she's Czech. And oh, so, wow. yeah, I was able to study Czech, and we ended up uh, being posted there with the State Department, and I still have family there. So, um, Spanish, my Spanish is really terrible, but <laughs> I guess I get by. Um, and then Chinese, we studied. I studied a year at the Foreign Service Institute with Eric when Eric was there, and then he studied another year in Taiwan. So he got two years of Chinese. I got one year. But um, wow. so it's it yeah. needs a lot of work still. <laughs> That's better than anybody else, though, I guess. Oh. You know, so yeah, it's interesting. I think um, growing up in Southern California, uh, you learn kind of enough Spanish. Um, yeah. But it's funny when I feel like whenever I go to Mexico, it starts to come back. But yeah. then my wife, surprisingly, is like way better at it. But then she doesn't have the accent. So it's funny because right. I'll, I'll say something and then she'll say, oh, that means this. Or, oh, that, but she, and then when she'll say it, I'm like, you got to roll your R's. Like, like <laughs> yeah, come on. So it's, it pretty, it's pretty funny. Yeah. When she, she'll, she can read it and understand it a lot better than I can. And she remembers it better than me. And I'm like, I'm just trying to order food. And, <laughs> you know. It always helps to have at least 
least one person yeah. who can do that. Definitely, yeah, yeah. Do the. And then you said, I think you said, was that your grandfather worked for Procter and Gamble? My father. Oh, your dad did. Okay, yes. my my grandpa did. Um, oh, really? He ran the Zest soap business. Oh, fantastic! Um, in uh, like Long Beach, Seal Beach area, oh, that's yeah, great. California. So everybody yeah, loves Zest. Yeah. yeah, yeah. My father used to. He he was basically IT, but he'd bring home the reams of the oh, you know okay. paper with the. Yeah, the the, the holes the, yeah, 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 yeah. That's funny. Yeah, and my kids probably wouldn't even know what that is. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they love to steal my paper and go draw all day. So. <laughs> kind of makes sense. Um, you get a lot of people that have a very diverse background, um, and seem to say, "Well, owning a restaurant or starting a restaurant would be fun." I, I get a lot of people that'll say, um, "I make great lasagna. I show up in a restaurant," and we're usually like, "No, like you, you know, there's a whole another side of the business, right?" Which I think you've probably developed through a lot of other skills, and there's so many things you have to understand in the restaurant industry, and you probably didn't even realize, like, with all of your you know, diverse background, you were kind of learning how to eventually operate the restaurant um, more than just somebody that was sitting in a restaurant every day. So I think that's really interesting. So, you know, as far as uh, like looking at, at what point did you start looking for a business to buy? Really the last maybe year, maybe year and a half um, when we started to see that there was uh, writing on the wall that we needed to transition uh, we just didn't know quite the mechanics of it or the the exact timing of it, and we played around with uh, scenarios and, and numbers and so on. But um, that was when we really started getting serious about what comes after the federal government. And yeah, we I hit the magic twenty mm-hmm. almost right on the nose. <laughs> yeah, and um, and I wondered if is that is that what's going to happen, or am I am I going to be there a little bit longer? And we've got some kind of a transition going on, but it was really difficult to say. We just really didn't know. Um, we had envisioned staying in China for up to six years, which would have been a possibility, but um, we ended up doing the bare minimum for for the you know. It's not quite a contract, but it's pretty mm-hmm. similar to staying for two years. Yeah. yeah, the expectations there for two years. So that was really tough, uh, extracting ourselves, uh, shortening our timeline. I'd originally committed to three. Well, I think we did four. four and then we <laughs> cut it down to three. And then uh, I, uh, right uh, as, as the summer was approaching and we were trying to figure out exactly how things were going to work, uh, especially with our... Um, our daughter needing to be back uh, here going to school and uh, dealing with uh, long distance family Mm -hmm. relationships and so on. It was just so tough. So um, extracting ourselves and and making apologies and and, uh, working about how to get out uh, of the federal government and still how to to manage uh, a small business administration loan and and, uh, the the loss of income moving from, uh, from a a pretty nice federal salary that I enjoyed to a retired uh, federal salary, which isn't yeah. quite so so nice. Yeah, we'll definitely uh, get in get into that um, and yeah. kind of how that affects things with with the loan process as well. So, um, like when you found the listing and you started looking at it, um, maybe question for Joy: what What were some of the things you liked about the the business that made you want to put in an offer? Yeah, Eric was looking, and I think because we were separated, and he was in China, and I was over here, 
um he would just name off different things and i would go uh no no too (laughs) you know too boring or something like that but But, joy it makes money (laughs) (laughs) but um be interested (laughs) yeah yeah well and it was in and i think for us life gets in the way of life and that's the biggest thing right is things just happen and you just roll with it and maybe that's probably the most valuable uh um attribute we gained to help us in this new um, adventure was just going with the flow when you're in a foreign country with with your kids and setting up life and doing that every few years so yeah nine um, nine times (laughs) yeah yeah so I uh, when he mentioned that I thought sure you know I'm comfortable in the kitchen so and and as a teenager I I usually was in the food industry area serving or cooking or whatever so um but the biggest thing was when we went there um and that's what sold us and Mm -hmm. I don't know if you wanted to hear about it now or or later yeah and I'll tell you kind of a funny story about the restaurant so um the broker Josh, I had started working with him on on a couple other listings, and I needed to come in to town for a couple things. And I said, "Hey, do you want to go to lunch? Um, it'd be great to sit down and meet you." He said, "Yeah." And I said, "Okay. Well, my wife doesn't love sushi, and I love sushi. So <laughs> whenever I can, I try to get sushi because she doesn't usually want to go there, you know." And um, so I said, "Hey, I found a sushi place kind of close to your office." Um, how does that work? And he goes, yeah, yeah, no problem. So we go there, we sit down and he comes walking in he goes, you know, uh, we have to be quiet because no one knows. He's like, but I have this as a listing. And I said, (laughs) really? And he's like, I thought that's why you came here. I said, no, I wanted sushi and they had good reviews and it looked like a good place that was open at lunchtime. And so it was kind of funny because we sat down and then we started talking about the deal. And, um, I think he had shared with me that you were, I think you were working with a different lender at that time. Um, and I said, oh, well, if it doesn't work out, let me know. I'll be happy to jump on the deal. So it was funny. <laughs> kinda, like, I didn't even know he had it as a listing. I just wanted sushi. <laughs> oh, so, that's great. Yeah, so I could see why you, you well, liked it as well. We should ask you. Yeah. <laughs> what, did, what was it that appealed to you? Yeah, about? I think I liked They They had good reviews when I looked mm-hmm. online because, I mean, coming from, you know, a whole other area of the country is like trying to find good sushi is really difficult. Yeah. Um, so it just kind of read the reviews and. You know, I was trying to make sure if I took somebody there, it was it wasn't gonna bomb. You know, so um, <clears throat> ended up you know being being a, a good place, and it was fairly busy when when we were there. So I said, hey, this is this is a good business, and he kind of explained your situation and and what was going on, and so it it kind of just all worked out the way it was supposed to, I guess. So oh, that's funny. Kind of that's really that's interesting. That's a great story. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I could see the things that that you liked about the business, and I know there was a, a manager there, right? That that had been there for a while. Um, it seemed yeah. to be yeah. somebody that's that's very key when you're. Um, oh, he's key. You know, you didn't own other other sushi restaurants, so it's nice to have somebody that that can help yes. you out when you get in. It's one thing we we love to see as lenders is if there's some good management in place. So absolutely, one hundred percent. Yeah. So how did the negotiations go? Did you uh, reach out to the listing broker and just? you know, start asking for information about the about the business and then ultimately how'd you decide on what to offer? Well, we're pretty naive as far as the whole uh, business buying. So um, we just kind of muddled through. Um, Joy was, I think, depending on me to do a lot of the muddling, which mm-hmm. I, I, I happily did. Yeah, from the other <laughs> side of the say, world. it's his baby. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you get to do the fun work. But yeah, I, I reached out to Josh, the broker, um, 
there was an obviously on the the um, uh, the websites that I advertise. There's not a lot of information. Mm-hmm. You've got to sign the non-disclosure non-disclosure agreement, and then and then you can get a better peek as to what the name of the business. Sometimes you get the name of the business, but uh, you get a little bit of a peek under the hood. And um, one of the things that I had certainly been um, I've been educating myself as best as best I could uh, through YouTube and a lot of the uh, people out there that talk about buying businesses and so on. I've got, I've got a few favorites, but uh, one of the things that, that was foremost in my mind was this mantra I'd heard and I I totally agreed with is that j- just be careful. Don't buy yourself a job, mm-hmm. and that's precisely what I was looking for. Was I? I know that there was, I just had this feeling and the numbers made sense that there's this threshold that if you pay, uh, buy a business that's um, at this certain threshold, maybe mm-hmm. 400, 500,000 or so, then you're really mostly buying yourself a job because there's just not enough revenue to pay for good management and uh, and you don't, you just don't have that leeway and that flexibility. So um, not to say it isn't possible, but um so we were looking for something that was maybe closer to a million. We something that we could we thought we could reach mm-hmm. um, financially, but that also provided this um, some flexibility to own it, to manage it, to work in it if we wanted to, but for the business not to be dependent on our presence there every day. And I certainly had no um, background in restauranting. At all. In fact, I delivered newspapers <laughs> growing up. I was the proverbial paper boy out there <laughs> delivering newspapers. So I, I really had no experience, and it was really a pretty scary thought in some ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and I deferred to Joy and a lot of and her knowledge as far as how restaurants work and just the functionality of who does what and where. And um, all I knew was that uh, I love to eat and uh, I love sushi, and I thought this in the numbers looked like they would support managing it, having fun with it. Um, like you said, there was a manager in place, and um, it looked like it was just a great opportunity. We yeah. didn't know all of the details at the time, but we were looking into those. Yeah, it's definitely um, like you had mentioned. There's there's kind of a fine line there of. Um, you know, are you going to be able to work on the business instead of in the business? Um, there's there's so many kind of schools of thought. And there are people that are looking for a job. And that's fine. Um, you know, somebody that says, hey, I, I have this trade down. I, you know, it makes more sense for me to now buy a business. Um, they don't want to have to report to somebody else. And they can, like you mentioned earlier, there's things that you can fix and change and, and work on while you own the business. Um, I was having this conversation this morning, and it's just interesting because uh, the broker was telling me that on he's got three listings right now that all three of them um, really are you're you're more or less buying a job and so that's the first question he asks the buyer is are you looking for a management team to be in place here that you're going to be maybe kind of oversee things and do some marketing or or you know really kind of learn how to tweak the process and stuff or are you looking to actually be involved in the business and need to completely replace the seller's position and <clears throat> most of the time they're saying oh I'm looking for a business where I can actually just oversee everything I don't need to actually be you know a, a 
key part of the business. And um, he said he had one guy that kind of went off on him and said, well, why are you even asking me that? It's none of your business what I'll do with the business afterwards. And he's like, I'm trying to get you to understand that this is if you're looking to buy this as more of an investment or to oversee it, this isn't the right business for you. I don't want to waste your time. And it's just interesting that you get uh, you know, kind of two schools of buyers that are, are looking for one or the other. So glad you identified that um, before. And this obviously made sense and worked with you. So um, if I recall correctly, I think the listing was at a million, yeah. which is kind of yeah. right where it sounds like you were, you were looking for um, something that would work that had management in place. On the original um, agreement that, that we got, it was a, a million for the purchase price. And then there was a seller carry of 150,000 that was just on what we normally would call just straight repayment. Um, so it's just a, a typical seller carry note where they're holding back um, a percentage of it um, and then you would make payments to them each month. Um, and a lot of times it works for a couple of different reasons. Obviously it keeps the seller um, around. If you know three years later you need something, they're probably gonna pick up the phone if you still owe money. Um, but then it also helps you out a little bit yeah. because the rate was typically lower um, than what the bank's gonna offer. So it helps you out with the cash flow standpoint so mm -hmm. um, that's how it came in to me. So looking back now, um, if you could provide uh, maybe some advice or um, if there was something you could have changed in the negotiations, is there anything there that you would have you would have changed looking back? Maybe Joy, you want to answer? <laughs> <laughs> and well, Eric knows more of uh, just the logistics as far as you know the numbers and mm -hmm. and that. But I think now that we've gotten into it, we're about a month in, and just everything um, really looking a little bit more under the hood and all that. Maybe in our due diligence, we might have just looked more at the physical structure a little bit more and just okay. said, okay, maybe, you know, we need this or that, you know, just like you would with a home. But mm -hmm. I think um, that's what I would have done. I wouldn't, we wouldn't have changed much, I don't think, but just a, a little bit more things pertaining, you know, to just maybe some of the needs, the physical yeah. needs of the the restaurant itself. Okay. Yeah. And I mean, and I, I think uh, looking back at it, uh, your your offer was fair. It made sense. Um, both parties had, you know, some some good uh, pros to to getting it to work out together. So Definitely. I think it I think it was a good offer. Um, it was. And then I know you had gone to another bank uh, first. And I think if I remember correctly, the challenge you had with them was they didn't like that you didn't have restaurant experience. Is that is that what it was? That and um, our other. Uh, investments and so on uh, they they were concerned about uh, post purchase income stream so okay we were trying to work that out they they weren't um yeah now to remind everybody you were working still at this time and you and we were kind of planning on you continuing to do that so yeah. i guess i could get into that really quick um so Typically, when we're looking at a deal um, and we're looking at the financing, we will, of course, first look at the seller's information, make sure there's enough cash flow there to support the loan, that it's priced accurately, all those good things. Then we'll look at the buyer. And really what we're trying to determine from a financial side is if you have any other sources of income coming in. Um, and then based on that, what will it cover with your personal expenses and your debts? Um, if we need to then, how much of a salary do we need to pull from the business you're buying to make sure that you can cover your personal expenses? So at that point in time, 
you had your income, we didn't need to pull anything out. You've got a, a good amount of excess income from the business. So when we looked at it, we said, hey, you're fine. And that's a good majority of the loans we're looking at, especially when they're not buying a job. Um, they've got another source of income, whether it's another business, mm -hmm. um, maybe a spouse that's working, something like that. So um, looking at it from that standpoint, when it came originally, um, we were, you know, you had plenty of excess cash flow to to pay back the loan. So um, I'm yeah. surprised the other I was surprised the other bank wasn't uh, wanting to do it. But again, that's a lot of times you, what you run into as well is. A lot of SBA lenders, especially even more now, so um, they're just not wanting to do business acquisitions um, at all, and or they don't want to do restaurants, or they don't like a certain industry, yeah. um, or they want to see a certain you know uh, amount of cash flow, and so um, it's disheartening for buyers because they look at it like, oh, I can't qualify for this. This you know, I give up. You know, because a lot of people, they will look at the way they buy a house, right, and mortgages. And for the most part, they're fairly similar wherever you go when you get a mortgage, if it fits within, you know, the Fannie Freddie guidelines. So if one bank won't do it, it's it's very rare that you can just hop over to another bank and they'll be able to do it. And so people don't understand that in SBA lending. It is very different at every single bank. And so um, maybe a couple of those factors probably came into play. But. I was glad you came oh, to yeah. me. So. Well, we're <laughs> yeah. glad we, you were there. It, it was kind of an odd thing because we were trying to lay all the, the scenario out and put all our cards on the table. And, you know, in, in retrospect, um, th th we, I was very naive about the process and thought it would be more like a, a home loan and so on. And, and, it, and it wasn't. And in fact, our, our broker, Jared, said, you know, <laughs> this is Josh. The, or Josh. Yeah, yeah. that's right. I, um, Close enough is the J word. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Sorry about that. Um, but uh, I, we never really quite figured out why the other lender just kind of fell silent. And it was uh, we we stopped having those uh, negotiations and talking about it. And and um, and that's when we moved over. So so they just never officially said they couldn't do it. They just no. It was kind of like there was uh, radio silence there, and huh. uh, and it was. And I, I approached them a, a couple of times with uh, different thoughts and options, and they just um, just weren't very interested. And I just thought, well, this is really strange. Is it a no or is it a no. maybe or what do you need to see? We have had that experience as well with just real estate investments no, well, and banks true. as well. So I guess the key is persistence and mm. not to feel like just because you – got radio silence or one now yeah not to explore that's you know, true other, right because yeah, yeah now true. if you get four or five then you're probably yes <laughs> maybe <laughs> right, it's not right, right, working right. for you yeah so yeah that's interesting um i i think i learned a you know a very long time ago a quick no is is definitely worth a lot more than a just ghosting somebody <laughs> or disappearing so i try really really hard to say nope sorry that's not something we can do uh that's, you know unfortunately and here's why yeah um if you can correct these things or you know some people it's just not yeah. the right fit so that's helpful on yeah. the other side yeah. yeah sorry that that happened to you but well, we, um we, we appreciate learned. it on the yeah. on the other hand it was working with um a knowledgeable experienced and honest broker frankly is so valuable when you don't know mm -hmm. all of the ins and outs of yeah. purchasing a business all the legalities of it um 
and Josh was was all of those things. Um, and yeah. you know, it was a little bit of a leap of faith on our side as well because we yeah. we just really didn't know, and a lot of money's on the line. And uh, but. It, most things that he was uh, talking about panned out and then uh, certainly just quieting us down or, or at least our concerns and saying, you know, don't worry about it. We, I've got someone else. So, right. He yeah. was really good that way. Yeah. That's, and, and I uh, actually went to dinner with him last night and we, that was one of the things we were talking about. I said, you know, I try really hard as the longer I'm doing this to work with good quality brokers. Um, yes. It makes my life easier, but um, it, it just makes sense at the end of the day. You know, he's been doing this for a long time. He knows what he's doing. Right. And <clears throat> a lot of a lot of brokers you'll see, they represent the seller, right? They don't technically represent the buyer. And um, a lot of times they, they kind of just lean that way, right? So um, there's plenty of them where they look at it like, well, kind of figure out your financing or figure out you know, the contractor, figure out the structure yourself. Um, let me know and I'll take it back to the seller. And I think he does a really good job of, of staying involved and making sure it gets done. Um, he did. Yeah, yeah, there's been quite a few sure. transactions with him where I'm I'm like, I'm so glad he got involved and, and kept yes. it, you know, on the tracks. So right. really, it was a great, great first experience. Yes. I mean, if you've if you feel like you're doing everything yourself, that I'd probably time to look for somebody else. Right. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So and Josh was very helpful. Yeah. 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 So all right. So we got your loan approved. Wasn't wasn't too difficult. Um, I don't think we changed much. If I recall correctly, I think we added about eighty thousand for working capital to make sure you've got some cash. Yeah. Um, yeah. which was probably almost too much at that point. Um, we've been trying to do a really good job of making sure you've got more than enough when you take over. So um and then I think we were working on the closing process, and then you uh, you let us know that you were uh, going to end your career with the federal government. So then, you know, going back to what we were talking about earlier, what really comes into play then is taking another look at, um, you know, after the fact when we close, how much cash will be coming from the business and how much will be coming from um, your career or any other investments. So. Um, I think you and I had a, a pretty long conversation about it, trying to trying to figure it out. So, you know, kind of walk me through that. Like, how did how did that go as far as from your side? Like, how did that feel? Um, trying to, to to juggle everything, right? Of being in a, and then also being in another country. So, well, I think it's another lesson learned that um, we don't know everything. We don't know the industry, and um, a lot of times there are options. Uh, flexibilities that you're not even aware about and uh, fretting and worrying and uh, thinking that things are just not going to come through is really doesn't serve either party and my um, life motto is low expectations and then you're always happy and don't freak (laughs) out and so I think out of necessity for survival over the years that's what developed and I think that was just go with the flow right that's some great advice I I should probably learn that I usually have high expectations for (laughs) my wife tells me that all the time like everyone's not you stop stop projecting your expectations on them <laughs> like all right so yeah i guess more than one person needs to tell me um, that, <laughs> that's a great motto yeah so yeah and i think one thing you could kind of take away from it is um anything you're looking to do during the process in the middle of it or anything like always talk to the broker talk to the lender and kind of get their feedback and see the best way to to attack it so um you know, we we you know got some information from you as far as like what the income is going to look like after you retire and and get out of the government. Um, 
underwriter and I kind of got together and tried to figure out, okay, what do we do here? And I think I remember having a conversation, a pretty long conversation with you, tried to kind of work through the different options and and what we can do. Um, And then ultimately, um, I got on the phone with Josh and and said, hey, um, you know, is the seller willing to carry a a larger amount? Um, And one of the things that had kind of changed during the process that benefited you was the SBA changed um, their policy in that if the seller note was on standby, meaning no payments for the first two years, then we could count it towards your injection. And we could also um, remove it from the debt service. Uh, so looking at it, um, making sure that you have enough cash flow to pay back the loan and then also cover your personal expenses, we didn't have to factor in that loan. So I got on the phone with them and, and Josh immediately said, no, this this seller likes the buyer. They they want this to close. Like, what do we need to do? I said, okay, well, here's the amount of of loan that we need to do, which I think was... Uh, about 650 if i remember correctly yeah. so dropped by about 2 or 250,000 or something and moved that more to the seller note and then i think we also lowered a little bit of the working capital cuz we were probably yeah. higher yeah. than half and half it yeah yeah and he said yeah that's no problem i'll i'll go talk to the seller i remember sitting there like wait what <laughs> because so many times we we have things come up and or even on the on the beginning on the on the front end i say hey we could do that if if you structured it this way and they're usually immediately no it's not what we're doing but he said well let me talk to seller and we'll see what we can do and i talked to you and you said hey if they're willing to do that that works for us and so fortunately the seller was was willing to increase the seller carry note um, and then also put it on standby for two years which helps you a lot um, yeah. on the front end yeah. when when you're taking over the business you know making jo- sure you can pay it back yeah Josh was really helpful you know I remember that conversation we had and and just you know we were doing all the math and saying you know and he was on his side understanding what he had and I you know I said well what do we have to come up with and at this point you know bottom line and and we you know you just kind of try to think more creatively right yeah definitely and then I actually think it's kind of fun when I mean, obviously, it's not fun when that happens. Right. <laughs> you have to try to, you know, go back to the drawing board. But I, I do enjoy trying to figure out how to get yeah. deals structured and get them done. It's, yeah. it's kind of fun. and It's a creative process. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And you, you try at the end of the day, what we're ultimately trying to do is make sure you're set up. So you're not going to call me in 90 days and go, oh, I'm having some problems here. You know, you're saying, hey, right. we're in a good spot. We're going to be fine. So, so we... In the end, we got it, the, the new structure to work, got the purchase agreement updated. Um, so, uh, you know, kind of looking back at that, did that structure end up working well for you? Um, I know it's been a little bit over a month since you took over. Did that end up working for you? Yes, it's okay. it's uh, ended up working uh, just fine. And part of that is, um, I think, our confidence, both from from the research side, we, we didn't want to buy something that was just, had barely been started a couple of years ago. So the restaurant had been in business for a good nine years or so. Um, management in place, good income stream that 15. we were able to fail. Yeah. 15, sorry. 14, 15. Yeah. yeah. So and she's, she's here to correct any years. <laughs> yeah. um, she's really the mastermind yeah. behind this, <laughs> all, all of the success in our lives. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's so... The reduction in the working capital wasn't a big wasn't a big problem. Uh, the restaurant's bringing in enough money that even with uh, some updates and so on that we w- we did to the the physical structure and the environment and so on, it's it's just been great. Um, 
uh, even it being a slow time of year uh, for well, us. So the thing I think, um, and maybe I'm going back way back and finally answering one of your <laughs> early questions. Um, what appealed to us when we did go in was that. Uh, you know, location, location, location. It mm -hmm. applies to, I think, a business like that as well. Great location, um, great managerial structure. Um, the the sellers had built, you know, a, a business from their hearts and hard work. And so all of the really important structures were in place. And so there but there was enough room for creativity um there and to be able to kind of jump in with a family and hope they accepted us and to kind of you know have that synergy of coming in and saying you know let's all work together and 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 the sellers made it clear too you go your own direction and you make it your own thing because we wanted to Kind of respect that this was something that they had worked hard for and mm -hmm. not just kind of come in and, you know, just totally redo everything. And we appreciated that it was a local place, a, a unique place. It's we always said if we had a restaurant, we wouldn't want to, you know, franchise it or, or repeat it, that it's just kind of its own work of art. And we'll just go you know, we could do other, you know, whatever we wanted to do, right. but to let that be just itself and not to follow a, a very common business um, structure or blueprint of, you know. So um, I think that with that, that's what really um, has been working for us and appealed to us is that it had the most important things in place. Mm -hmm. And then there was a lot of room for, um, doing a whole bunch of fun things in place or er, not in place, but that we would be able to go on to in the future. Yeah. 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 Great. Well, those are really good points. And I, they bring two things to mind. Um, the first of which is just, maybe this is a really common practice, but, uh, I was really grateful for the timing with which, um, Josh, our broker set up a meeting b with us and the, the owners and and their son um because we were able to just meet each other face to face finally um connect the dots with uh, who the broker is and who the who the sellers are and connect on a very personal and uh, intimate level in a lot of ways uh, as we just understood what our value system was um what kind of vision we would we would have for running the restaurant as as we took it over, um, listening to them and understanding a little bit better about how they got to be where they are and um, why it's running the way it is. And uh, those are really key things because it, it built in that goodwill f for them. Um, and it, I don't know exactly what the conversation was between them and Josh, but he was fairly certain that even though it wasn't his favorite thing to do, I'm sure that he could go to them and, and explain the situation. And um, it made sense to them, and they were still willing to keep us on, even with uh, some of the changes in the, in the financial situation. Mm -hmm. So that was, that was um, uh, really key um, 
and now I've forgotten the second point, but <laughs> but that was the most important one I thought was that that building relationships portion. Josh brought us all together at a really good time. It wasn't before all of the pieces had to be together, but it was early enough that we could kind of understand mm -hmm. where each of us were coming from and build up a little bit of a trust and confidence. And uh, they felt like they could start turning over pieces of of information, a lot of which are really sensitive. I mean, it's yeah. this, it's their it's their baby, uh, and uh, we could start investigating and and uh, putting pieces together on our side and and planning for that the takeover date. Yeah, there's definitely um, some work that goes on with the brokers, almost from as being like a psychologist, mm -hmm. because you you have the the highs and lows with mm -hmm. the buyer and seller, right? And they never seem to be on the same, uh, you know track so it seems like a lot of times um you know sellers nervous about selling um maybe they get an offer so they get excited you're excited because you you have this but then you're scared you're like oh my gosh now i have to buy the business like what are we going to do and it just kind of goes up and down but if you can get them on the same page it definitely helps uh if things come up like you need to restructure or change something um also really helps with the transition period afterwards uh, making sure that you know they're happy to hand the business off to you yeah. um, if you need something or you need help with something they're usually more inclined to come by and, and help out so i'm glad he was able to to know when to sit you down and, and go through the process so yeah. um so josh, looking yeah. oh go ahead. oh sorry yeah josh was really helpful in that i mean especially if on paper we didn't have experience running a restaurant and, and yeah. um so he definitely and then he was really helpful as well as you know letting us know how much the buyers were willing to help us in that transition period and they were very helpful yeah that's great yeah that definitely goes a long way it makes it easier oh so much so looking back uh what do you think was the hardest part of the transaction there were a lot of hard parts <laughs> but um I think the most stressful part was just um, our own changing circumstances and and feeling at one point like, you know, I guess the situation is what it is and I'm just going to, you know, the, all of our options that were in my brain were uh, were done. So I just uh, I needed to just lay it all out and and uh, see what happened. And I, I thought we might uh, lose the restaurant, but um that's when all of the creative juices started flowing and the magic started happening uh, to a level that I never had supposed. So I think that was the most difficult period uh, emotionally for me. Um, but then uh, I think one of the most challenging just running the restaurant was um, taking ownership mentally of the restaurant. And for the for the owners to start giving up that ownership, mm -hmm. um, what we one thing we didn't realize as we were going into it and became increasingly clear was just how the um, the wife um, part of the couple that uh, owned the business she was working a lot of hours every week, and she was the heart and soul, and we didn't realize just how integral she was to. The daily operations of the business so i think as we were taking over we were thinking wow we have got <laughs> to fill this gap that she's going to leave and we have a pretty short time with which to do it so we got heavily into the human resources side 
really fast. Um, fortunately, we had just phenomenal staff. Um, and I think that's one of the other key things was we were we were fairly assured before taking over that the staff wasn't just going to jump and run. Yeah. And oh, that was one of the other points I was thinking of is one of the things we had heard about and I we'd put a lot of thought in and discussed was that we wanted to be observers. This was a successful business. We weren't going to go in there as a bowl in the china closet, so to speak, and and just change things. We wanted to just see why it was working the way it was working, get a feel for the people, uh, reassure them that we weren't there to change things, mess things up. Um, we well, wanted. That, oh, go ahead. Sorry, that's difficult to do. You mentioned, you know, uh, just filling. There was no way we could fill in right. for um, the owner's wife, you know, wife. Um, they're both owners. So the wife, um, and because she was the heart and soul. So we can learn her, her job, but mm -hmm. they called her mama. Oh, so, wow. Right. And um, sweet, sweet woman. And so, you know, mama's leaving, right? Yeah. And she's um, so that being very, very respectful of that mm -hmm. and just honoring that and, you know, but not trying to repeat it and and make that, but going with what we can do and mm -hmm. um, joining yeah. the family is what right. I just were yeah. joining. I think it's also um, being able to understand that there was, um, you know, some really positive attributes to that and saying, okay, I'm going to just come in here and try to learn and then, you know, almost emulate that, that mama. Right. And then there's sometimes where you get in and you go, no, there needs to be some changes here. We do need to come and flip the table over and, and figure it out. Right. Literally, and so yeah, learning I that, I think that's the hard part, um, of taking yeah. over a business is there's, there's always the, the idea is to don't change anything for several months and, and kind of observe and see, but there are times where you come in and go, no, 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 we need to change this now. Or we're going to lose the employees. They're doing something wrong. They're doing something illegal. You know, there there needs to be changes here. So I think you, you kind of realize that they had it together and you needed to just be able to hopefully yeah. come in and Or it was and just holding it. together. And yeah. you're like, uh. <laughs> well, yeah. One of the, the very first things we did and we had planned on doing it was we wanted to meet with all of the staff. and. Mm -hmm. That's really difficult with a restaurant and you've yeah. got people coming and going and so on. But we, we did set a time, a good good chunk of them, um, certainly the long-term ones uh, that had been uh, with the restaurant for a number of years showed up. And it was just great to just introduce ourselves, tell, tell them our, our background, listen to their story, and ask them questions about the things that they would love to see happen as far as changes go, things that they... Uh, loved about it and didn't want to see changed. And so uh, we did a lot of listening and um, we, ha we had them introduce us to a lot of their, their processes. And um, some of them we immediately saw could change or should change or needed to change if only for um, our own personal we, we weren't we weren't mama and we weren't uh, we weren't the husband we didn't have some of the background that they did we couldn't pull it off the way they did so um, we helped uh, or, or we felt that they were helping give us uh, some ideas as to things that could change and then we went 
just uh, pretty slowly. Fortunately, there was nothing that uh, was earth shattering that we had to change immediately. Um, but we were able to start implementing some improvements and um, have gotten some really good feedback from our staff that they were very nervous at the very start and didn't know what to expect, but that um, they appreciated uh, more of a hands, not hands off, so to speak, but not not being heavy handed and not trying to just change things because of our own view, but allowing the business to to continue, allowing the environment to still be that uh, relaxed and happy environment, and then just looking for ways to um, um, improve things, making sure that the the, the payroll and, and so on, the payments were made on a very uh, regular time uh, schedule that they really appreciated and that we were paying attention to some of the upgrades in the physical environment that just, just hadn't been done for one reason or another over the years. And so I think that was one I'm, of the... I'm sure yeah. you fixed all the computer problems. Right? Uh, yeah. yeah, I did. <laughs> you did. I figured you would, yeah. So. And the key is it's a people business. Yeah. It's not yeah. a food business, right? right? It's 100%, so, yeah. And we told them... You need we, to have good food, but you got to take yeah, care of the Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, of course, right? Yeah. But um, yeah, the, and we told them the first thing we said is we're going to have fun or keep having fun because that, that was one of the things the manager said and that we wanted them to be creative. Mm, so, cool. Yeah. yeah. So you let, let them be free to. Yeah. They're obviously not. They hadn't messed it up already. So right. might as well keep it going. Right. Yeah. So yeah. cool. Well, it's been a lot of uh, great information, and I, I really appreciate it. Um, I ask two questions at the end always. So um, we'll have both the answer. The first one. Um, it will start with you, Joy. Um, have you uh, had a mentor, or do you have a mentor? I, I know I do, <laughs> but um, I'm trying to to think, um, and I'm blanking out. Let's see. Do I have a mentor? I'm sure you're going to, you can cut this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can, we can skip to Eric if, right. he, if or, he knows the answer and come the, back to it. Yeah, maybe I need a little think time. Sure. <laughs> well, there's so, there's so much really good information out there, and um and it can come through so many different avenues. Uh, I've, I've listened to so many great people that uh, have given me some great ideas and insights about just owning and running a business, the legal side. Um, uh, I've really appreciated the KKOS uh, lawyer group and the videos they have per, uh, put out there. And I've listened to a lot of uh, Cody Sanchez on, and uh, have really felt like they've they had principles that I really harmonized and gravi- and uh, uh, felt harmonized with uh, what our goals were and, and, and so on. So I really appreciated uh, those. So I consider uh, those two kind of the uh, my primary mentors. So thank you if you ever hear this. <laughs> but, we'll uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I think they've really helped uh, prime uh, my our mental state and and view about what running purchasing a business and running a business should look like even though we have to go through that learning curve ourselves we at least had some principles at the back of our minds we think okay this is where we want to go this is yeah. how uh, successful people have proven that we can do it so that's we keep our our vision set on where we want to go great well 
I think everyone around me has been a mentor. I think that's everyone has something to give and to share. And you just, you know. Yeah, that's that's a great positive outlook. Yeah, well, yeah you can always learn from. I think yeah. you should include your dad. And my father, for sure. Um, I, I, he'd be a mentor true. to me as well. But he was always one of those that was just encouraging us to just take risks and do things that yeah. were that were fun and that were uh, en engaging and challenging and uh, just always so supportive. He yeah. he was the son of immigrants and oh, grew wow. up in the south side of Chicago. And so there were some nights he had mustard sandwiches or waited oh for her yeah. his oldest brother to come home from caddying with tips so they could go buy the in parts of the meat from the butcher shop. But yeah, he, he always, he, he just always was, uh, you know, trying to take advantage um, of opportunities. He said, you know, keep your doors open always and, and to observe and to, um, you know, use use the bank's money mm -hmm. you know for for whatever you know and, yeah. and just so for sure but absolutely just learning from everyone around you because everyone's got something to offer and just um really enjoying that just having fun and just seeing what you can get we're in the midst right now of reno trying to renovate and it has not gone the way we thought mm -hmm. it would go but you go with the flow and and you learn from even when people um fail you they're still a mentor and as you try to pull out the the good things in them and what they can do and say I know you've got better in you um that you both learn and and you just the problems become the solutions and yeah. so yeah That's sometimes advice, you think yeah. I'm glad we found that problem because it's <laughs> right. going to make us a better yeah. better restaurant in the future yep. and you won't do it again yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> definitely so all right That's the key. yeah so final question um what motivates you what what drives you to be successful I think just are we having fun because that's that's I think the key motivator is um despite the fact that we both loved uh, the lifestyle that we we had uh going overseas and living around different uh, cultures and and foods and so on we we um i know i i arrived at this point where i thought you know i've, I've achieved everything i wanted to in that part of my life and i'm still i'm still moderately young i've still got some life left in me and i have other goals i have other things that i want to do other adventures and and i've learned that um having fun is just so important so we wanted to do something that's been fun and and the zero covid policy in china helps yeah, speed that up <laughs> yeah yeah china's zero covid policy really helped push us out the door we yeah, thought, you I know this yeah. isn't fun <laughs> yeah yeah, we've got so, stories there. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. I know it sounds simple or it sounds shallow, but um, that's I think where we find the meaning in life is as human beings, and and um, we operate based on you know enjoyment. The brain says, "Is mm -hmm. this good or is this bad?" Yeah. And that, that computes in the form of it's enjoyable, and so if if life isn't enjoyable if what you're doing isn't enjoyable then where's the value where's right. the real value well, yeah because you're making connections exactly and and part <laughs> of that enjoyment is um seeing that the people that the staff that work at the restaurant 
and the customers that come in, uh, some of them for, for years that have mm-hmm. been coming in, that they that they're having fun, that they're enjoying it. And but yeah. you need to just for listeners always remember that um, to see beyond to see the fun through the difficulties. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they, mm-hmm. I feel like um, it, you know. I think with um, with what you're saying, there's definitely some information you can pull out of there because I feel like there's there's kind of this struggle going on um, with different generations, right? Where uh, maybe like one generation is saying, you know, all I want to do is have fun, right? And they don't want to put in the work. They don't want to. They don't want to take the journey to get to the part that is fun. Right. But I think what you're focusing on is something that I probably haven't thought of, and I'm glad you're teaching me this. <laughs> um, you need to still kind of try to find the fun and not just be look searching for fun. Find the fun in what you're doing. And yes. I think I think that's that's yeah. some great advice. That's so perfect. Well, yeah, I, yeah. Cool. I, I I'm sure you probably do the same thing, but I, I know I, I have to go through this um uh reminding process uh, sometimes on a daily basis. I'm doing this the very specific task I'm doing. I'm I'm calling up vendors and I'm arranging terms and we're we're getting things figured out or I'm I'm calling and switching over the electrical service or the telephone service or the internet's gone down and we're trying to figure out and I'm thinking well this particular thing isn't fun mm-hmm. and it's a lot of work and I've been on the phone for an hour with uh, this company or whatever and we're we're working through it but I'm my own boss yeah yeah. And they're not locked somewhere no. in China. And, <laughs> and the, right. And the and the possibilities for the future really are limitless. And we I know we we mentioned this to the owner's son at one point. We said that this is our creative outlet. And he just said, like, What? <laughs> so that's an expensive that's creative outlet. outlet. I know, but, but I think we're we're trying to keep that in mind is that we've done the the nine to five job mm-hmm. and it has its benefits and it has its um Reassurances, security, security. Yeah. but there's not as much uh, creativity that you can bring into it, and and you're you're capped as far as what the opportunities are and where At you least can when be. You work for, with for the federal government, maybe. <laughs> I think well, yeah, there are other I mean, nine to five jobs where yeah, there's I, more. I think really I'm what sure. I think really what you're hitting on the head is what a lot of people are trying to. Um, do by buying a business, right? Yeah. They they're yeah. tired of working for someone else, or they're tired of working in corporate America, and they yeah. say, "I not not only can I possibly do this better, but at least I have control of it." Mm-hmm. And it's you know you're working for yourself, and you're you're able yeah. to find a way to make money, but you're doing it for yourself. So I think I think that's really what uh, we're experiencing is a lot of people are looking yeah. for that. So. Yeah, and we've we've used the phrase. It is what it is many mm-hmm. times this oh, past yeah. few weeks. But, yeah, definitely. But um, so. yeah, the I was just going to say real quick, um, mm-hmm. the the documentary, The um, Biggest Little Farm, uh-huh. um, fantastic. I love it. And as they were trying to make the flywheel with the ecosystem, with nature, mm-hmm. all work together in synchronicity and not have to step in, that it just runs itself. Um, that they ran into a lot of different problems, but uh, I had just mentioned not long ago, but that the problems became the door to the sol- to a better solution that they never would have even have come up with if it right. hadn't have been for the problem. So just you know, looking at the problems is just part of the the creativity, the fun, the, the process. process. Yeah, yep. yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So. 
Cool. It was a lot of good information. I feel like I have some homework, um, which is great. <laughs> so I really appreciate you coming on, and I'm excited to see what happens next. And next time I'm out here, I'll come by and grab some sushi. Oh, for sure. Please. We yeah. would yeah. love to have you out. <laughs> All right. Thank Definitely. you very much. Thank you. Thank you for listening. We hope you found this podcast informative and helpful. Please don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast player. For more information, or if you'd like to discuss a transaction, please go to www.jaredwjohnson.com.